As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. To vet partners and to really understand your numbers. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Gabe Grzynski. Gabe is joining us from Trophy Club, Texas. He is the managing director of Grzynski Capital, which invests in multifamily, RV parks, and mobile home parks. Gabe is a GP on 56 units. Gabe, thank you for joining us and how are you today? I'm well, Ash. How about yourself? I am very well. Thanks for asking. Gabe, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah. I started my adulthood in the Marine Corps, so that led me into a career in the telecom industry, which just ended about, oh, officially three or so months ago. 
So got into real estate with my wife about five years ago, started off single family. And then about two years ago, we sort of made the pivot to focus on multifamily. Gabe, thank you and your family for your service and your sacrifice. I got to ask you, five years ago, so you were still in the Marine Corps and you started real estate. How difficult was that? Oh, no, no. I wasn't still in the Marine Corps. Sorry. No, I, oh, okay. So you I, got I, out, I thought you said you got out three months ago. No, after the Marine Corps, I, that uh, background helped me get into the telecom industry, which I was in got it. for well over 20 years. So, And you started real out. estate five years ago? Correct. Why did you get into real estate? I really enjoyed it. I, it was the potential. I liked finding diamonds in the rough and, and the potential to earn extra income at the time for our growing family. So that's sort of what attracted us. It really it started because my wife, she'd gotten out of corporate America when our son was born. So she got a real estate license and went to actually list a guy that I had worked with, his house that had relocated to another state. And it was a perfect sort of fix and flip kind of property. And that's sort of what got us sort of going down the rabbit hole. All right. So you started out with single families? Yeah, we did some single families, sort of fix and flips, some wholesales, owner finance. Um, and we did a little bit of everything, I guess. How did you progress to multifamily RV <clears throat> parks and mobile home parks? Going after the deals, I always sort of felt bad because, you know, oftentimes the people that you're getting some of these deals from, they're in sort of dire straits. And I would always suggest them going to realtor. Obviously, that's going to be what would net them the most. And it was more of a transactional type of deal and with multifamily in the RV parks. It's a long-term hold. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of uh, you know creating that generational wealth in the mailbox money and having that concentration of units all in one place that you couldn't get with single family. What was your first deal, multifamily? So our first deal, we actually ended up wholesaling it. It was a interesting story here. So we got a property under contract. Great property is a f- former timeshare on a lake here, just north northwest of DFW. Great location, great potential. But the timeshare had sort of gone belly up and they had foreclosed on it. So that wiped away all thousand plus liens that were on the property because it was a timeshare, but it was completely vacant, had been so for a number of years. So we negotiated a owner finance deal with the owner, but this was February, 2020. So got it under contract. At the end of that month, we thought we were going to be able to easily find capital and debt. And then two weeks later, COVID hit. So the market sort of dried up and we ended up wholesaling that. So outside of that, our first deal that we closed on, we got under contract about six months later. Um, and what, we're was actually, what was that deal? It was a little 36, now it's 37 unit deal that we're actually closed on here next week on the sale side. So it's been a really good deal for us. I think the projected IRRs are 50 plus percent equity multiple over two in 16 months. Let's dive into those numbers. You said 36 units? 36 units originally, and then we converted the office into an efficiency. So it's 37 units now. And what's the purchase price on this property? 1.475 million. Did you raise capital on this? Yes, approximately 450,000. So you raised just under a third. Was it 25% down? 
that one was, I believe it was 20 or 25% off the top of my head. Yeah. Did you raise additional money for CapEx? Yeah, we spent about 100000 in CapEx. And what's the value add play? How are you going to achieve such a high multiple? Well, obviously, the market certainly helped. So it was a sort of tertiary market, but we saw the growth potential. It was well located between DFW and Waco, Texas. So that a lot of those tertiary markets, the cap rates have compressed considerably. So that certainly helped. But when we took over, it was at 69% occupied because the owner had a few things in place that made it hard for renters to get in there. Why was it difficult for renters to get in? He had a very high uh, non-refundable, what was called a risk deposit. The minimum FICO score was, I believe, 620 or 640, which in a smaller Texas town, that eliminates a large percentage of your tenant base. And how bad were the units? How much renovation did they need? Man, great, solid property. There were a few down units, but all we had to do was paint flooring, and that's really about it. We ended up putting new roofs on it, but that was with insurance. All the compressors had been replaced within five years. The parking lot striped and resealed within two years. Windows, dual pane vinyl windows put in within the last two years as well. So great, solid asset. And what's your plan to just lease it up, open up the market and not worry so much about the metrics of the people applying? We went with more of what the market requires or needs down there, which is, I think, like a 580 minimum FICO, not as large of uh, initial deposits. And we're at anywhere between 95 and 100% occupied now. And is that the whole value add play is just raising occupancy? Adding the unit, raising occupancy, and then we were able to raise rents anywhere between 100 and 150 a month. How long have you owned this property? It'll be 15, 16 months when we sell and the return on equity to investors? The initial projections, it was like a 2-1, equity multiple. In less than two years, right? Correct. How did you guys find this deal? It was direct to seller. I don't know if it was postcards or ringless voicemails, something along those lines. And is that how you find a lot of deals? That's how we found that one. It's not how we, how we found a lot of stuff on the single family side. And how about the RV parks and mobile home parks? We do have an RV park. We're actually working on a refi on that. That was from a wholesaler, actually. And if we're valuing it at a 10 cap now, we've probably increased the value 3x in less than eight months. How did you achieve that? First of all, you couldn't find the place on Google. (laughs) So you actually had to drive by it to find it. And it's a, a long-term park. There are a, lo- a number of, I think, oil refineries and such in, in the area. So you have, have a lot of contract workers that are coming in there for six, nine, 12-month contracts. And you don't want to stay in a, in a hotel. So you know your choices are RV park. And we have a few cabins on the property as well. So rent those out on long-term lease. We'll get back to the show. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years. 
and he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at passiveinvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. Passiveinvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investing investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. What was the purchase price on that property? 145000 And how many pads are on there? 13 pads and six cabins. So just the cabins alone, it's like 20 grand a cabin, 25 grand a cabin. Yeah. That's yeah. a win. And was that another off-market wholesale type deal? Yeah, that came from a wholesaler. So what's your takeaway for our audience? People that just rely on brokers or rely on people bringing them deals. I've always been an advocate for wholesalers to look at other asset classes instead of just single family. And you're a great example of the success you can achieve by doing that. So would you encourage more people to do the same and look at different asset classes as well as reach out to owners of mobile home parks, apartment complexes, commercial buildings. Oh yeah, most certainly. I think I've seen, you know, over the last year, I've seen a number of folks though, trying to, you know, I guess wholesaler or daisy chain broker deals, which maybe it works. I, I don't know, but yeah, I think if you can reach out and, and get a contract directly with the owners, it can potentially be very great. Yeah. So for the last 10 plus years, I've been a non-residential commercial investor. So medical warehouse, industrial, retail, office, et cetera. And in those 10 plus years, I've literally gotten one postcard and it wasn't a mistake because they didn't say, I want to buy your house. It literally said, I want to buy your building fast close cash as is Mm -hmm. in all my properties in 10 plus years one postcard. And you know, the kicker is this was a building that really wasn't doing much for me. It was just kind of there. Didn't have any overhead to it. Very easy to manage. And I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I would sell this. Had that person followed up in about two weeks, I would have called back because initially I probably threw the postcard in my car or I lost it or pitched it or whatever. I didn't think a whole lot of it. It wasn't until later on that evening or maybe even the next day the wheels started turning and I'm like, you know, yeah, like, why don't I sell this? It's not doing much for me. And the failure there was that person didn't reach back out in two weeks. Had they, I definitely would have called them. That's where they say you make the money is in the follow-up, right? So yeah. I, I think it takes you know, anywhere between five and eight touches generally to get someone. So yeah. Yeah. So Gabe, I applaud you for what you're doing. What's the hardest lesson you've learned in real estate? 
hardest lesson. And don't give me an easy one. I want one that you got your teeth kicked in. <laughs> oh, man. There have been a few. We all have them. We all have yeah. those battle scars. I think when you get into syndications and, and you start teaming up with people, it's probably to vet your partners. It would be nice if you could trust everyone at their word, but, but that's not the case in today's day and age. Yeah, that's so important because you so want to partner with somebody because you can both grow and learn together. So how do you vet somebody? Because there's a lot of excitement around the deal, around a new partnership, and it's hard to step back and do that vetting. So what's your advice on that? Check references. Another thing that I know we signed up for sometime last year, I think it was, was a service called Verivest, sort of does a background in financial check on sponsors. And then you can also have them sort of monitor your deals to verify return that are sent out to investors. So I think that's a pretty good service. And then again, checking with people who have done deals with them in the past and verifying their experience. More so than experience, how do you get a true testament of their character? Because that only comes out when they're under pressure or there's a problem, right? Yeah, that's true. A lot of times you're probably not going to find that out until They are put under the gun, I guess, if you will. So Yeah. And it it sounds like you had a pretty tough lesson there. Yeah. We lost a a little bit of money on a deal. There were a number of factors at play there. Yeah. Gabe, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? It's to vet partners and to really understand your numbers. I also recently started working as a commercial loan advisor, and I think a lot of things I see on underwriting, there are a lot of numbers that you can fudge and just verify your numbers. How did you become a commercial loan advisor? How does one become one of those? I don't think it's that hard. I actually knew someone that started a brokerage that's predominantly uh, operators in the space. And I wanted to better understand how lenders look at deals and then have potentially more control over deals that I'm doing personally as well. And then access to some of the other capital markets in the institutional equity. So help me understand that you work for a brokerage, right? Yeah. Loan brokerage. Loan brokerage. Okay. Okay. I thought you meant a real estate brokerage. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. I had somebody reach out to me and they're like, gosh, can you give me due diligence on your last 10 properties or 10 properties that you looked at, whatever it was. And I said, yeah, but tell me why. And this young lady wanted to learn about commercial real estate. So she wanted to underwrite 90 deals in 30 days. And that was going to be like her boot camp on how to learn to underwrite deals. If somebody wanted to learn how to underwrite deals, can they shadow you? Yeah. I actually had a call with a guy here earlier this morning that's in a mastermind that we're in together and pointed out a few things that he may want to sort of dig into deeper after looking at the reviewing the deal. He thought it was a deal before, but now maybe not. So luckily it's before he he was about to sign the PSA. They had actually had the PSA drawn up and it's in a seller just sent back comments. Yeah. All right. So the takeaway is reach out to somebody that underwrites deals and see if he can shadow them, do some of the grunt work. Yes. Learn. Yeah. Learn alongside somebody. Great. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round, Gabe? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. All right, Gabe, what's the best ever book you recently read? You know, I have uh, started opening up the, the Bible here a little more lately. Always a great book. Gabe, what's the best ever way you like to give back? 
We donate to our church. They have a food bank and also uh, just recently broke ground on a residence for women who have been sex trafficked. So that's how we like to give back. We have three younger kids, so they keep us pretty busy otherwise. Yeah. Gabe, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? You can go to our website. It's GrzinskiCapital.com, or you can find me with my age, my demographics. I'm predominantly on Facebook and then uh, LinkedIn. Same here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listen, I got to thank you for joining us today, giving us some good snippets of advice on how to find deals, sharing your story of how you started out with single family homes, got into mobile homes, multifamily, RV parks. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for your service and thank your family from us as well. All right. Thank you. Best ever listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share the podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.